Well, I thought we could talk a little bit about the PNTT, give you guys all an update of what's going on, how things are going, and yeah, things like that. So uh, it's been a fun ride for me and I think for most people, but yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. So let's talk about, we'll start with the slaughter group. And, you know, you come into the season, you're looking and it's like, okay, Ann Arbor looks good. They get a great class to... Um, compliment the other team. Rochester looks like they're on the up and up. Um, and, and Arbor just hasn't been playing up to snuff here. You know, they, you, you, you expected a little bit more, but they after that horrible game from um, Anthony Baker in the first game, they lose to San Antonio. Um, Baker does better, but they, they weren't able to get the win. They weren't able to keep up with uh, Grant Cathy and the San Antonio Trovateurs. Then they just kill... They kill Duluth. Um, Duluth, we'll, we'll get to Duluth. Um, <laughs> but they kill Duluth. And uh, yeah, so, um, and then they come back and they lose another close one to Montpelier. Now, Montpelier is a solid team, but even still, it's like, okay, what's, what's going on here? You know, it, it's enough to kind of raise a little bit of an eyebrow because it's like, well, you thought Ann Arbor would be performing better than they did. And Anthony Baker, other than that first game, has been playing pretty good, you know. Because of that first game, he's only at 42%, but he shot so bad at that game that it's like, well, you kind of got to chalk that up. But speaking of that game, you got to you gotta give it up for um, – you got to give it up for Brandon Pratt. I mean, Brandon Pratt for Rochester. Rochester is 4-0. They're cruising 55-point um, – Point differential. Brandon Pratt, he uh, he's shooting fifty eight point three percent from the field, twenty five points per game, one point three steals. I mean, twenty one point seven game score. That's really high. William Dancer's playing really great too. Twenty one point one game score and only getting five point three points a game, and that's because he's averaging eleven assists, seven rebounds, and only point five turnovers. So that's really big. And Rochester has just looked really, really tough. They open up with a big win where they over Ann Arbor. Um, they win double digits against Lubbock. They play Jefferson City, kill them, kill them by uh, twenty six. I mean that was just that was a blowout. And then Rochester comes back and wins a close one against St. Paul, another really really tough team. So that game, Daniel Haynes went fourteen for 27, 30 points. Uh, William Dancer, he's their he's their guy. He's getting a lot of assists. Uh, Dean up. He's he's a vital part of their team. I like him a lot and how he's playing for them. Uh, next up, for, like they basically got the group locked up. If they win just versus San, San Antonio or Nashville, it's over. Um, and even if they don't, if they keep them close, those teams are going to have the only team that has a chance of uh, of catching them is San Antonio because um, they're two and two, and they still have to make up fifty points. So. I mean, sure, if they get a 20-point win and Rochester loses by um, 5 or 10 to Nashville, yeah, um, San Antonio can win. But that's that's going to be hard-pressed. Rochester looks like they have this group uh, locked up. Looking at San Antonio a little bit, though, um, San Antonio, they uh, got off to two quick wins against Ann Arbor and Lubbock, two in-group games um, where they played pretty good. Uh, so far through this uh, tournament, 
Grant Cathy is playing pretty well. 21.3 points, 1.8 assists, 1.5 steals, only 0.8 turnovers. Um, Preston Copeland, he's got 12 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 2.5 blocks. I mean, all their team, they look like they're doing pretty well defensively and they're winning. But all their games have been close, too. Other than Lovick, they won by 12, uh, lose by 7 to Ann Arbor. They lost by 13 to Huntington Beach, and then they lost to heartbreaker to Nashville us um, last game. So they finish up with Tacoma. Definitely a winnable game for them, I think. Uh, Tacoma so far is uh, one, in, one in four. So it's not like they're playing. But they're playing their games close. They're playing games tight. They um, only lost by six to Carnegie, which is a tough team. Um, but I, I would think they could, uh, San Antonio can get that win and then um, Hope that Nashville beats uh, Rochester to give uh, a Rochester um, to give them a chance in that Rochester final game. Uh, Lubbock, um, Lubbock's been a little disappointing. You know, last year they were in the Sweet 16. You thought they they don't bring in the best class, but it's not like they lost a lot. I mean, well, they they did lose uh, Robert Agar and Tracy uh, Putney, but you know they. They bring back some solid players. Um, they had a couple sophomores from that 2-3 class that they only are starting one. So it's like, okay, we can just slide in the other sophomores, see how we do. And they've been doing okay. Um, you know, uh, Whitehead's been playing pretty well with 53, 61.8% true shooting, 17 points. They just haven't been efficient at 42.4% from the field. Um, more turnovers than their opponents. Um, it's been a rough go for the lights. So um, next up, they got that big rivalry. They're so they're own four. Um, they lost a heartbreaker to Hot Springs by one point, and they kept every game close. But now we got the rivalry game versus Huntsville, so that should be a good game. Coach Boardman's guys, guys ready. These guys love to play each other. Um, they they live for this matchup. You know, it's so it's so important to all the players and fans and stuff like that. So I'm excited for this matchup, see how it, see what can happen. And I'm interested, is uh, Lubbock going to make, um, is there any other levers they can pull? Because they're playing okay, but they're just not, you know, they're not getting enough, um, yeah, they're not getting enough points to, to really uh, win games. So something to keep track of. Next up, we got the Ramsey group, and let's start off with the Ramsey group with uh, um, the team that we're all a little surprised with is Inglewood. They're one and three, minus twenty-eight. Um, Coach McVicker, you know, he's got a he's got a really good team, um, but yeah, it just hasn't things haven't uh, went his way this year. So, um, Coach McVicker, he brings back. Um, he he did lose two starters from his team last year, but he he replaced the five five class with five six class with the eleven eleven class. You got Austin Horn sliding into the starting lineup, um, and uh, they got some guys. They they're using Connor Neal as kind of their um, small forward that passes it around, and they got some guys that can shoot. Kyle Elmore is playing incredible, sixty six point nine percent true shooting percentage. Austin Horn's playing pretty well, too, 57.9% true shooting on 18 points. Um, Noah Brown has not been efficient, which has been interesting. He's a really good player. You, you you want more from him, but he just isn't giving it to them right now. Um, 
you look at their games and, you know, you lose a game to Frankfurt by 18. And then you play Lansing, you lose by 14. It looked like they raided the ship. They played um, Salt Lake City. They won by 14. That's a really tough team. You're like, okay. You know, they held Jonathan Crowley to 9 for 27. And then they get Lincoln. Lincoln was not playing good at all. Lincoln was 1-2 uh, and two going into this game. And they beat him by 10 points. Um, you know, uh Brandon Griffin went 7 for 15. Andrew Patrick went 8 for 14. It was just something like, man, you, you'd you expect it. But they, they just didn't – Inglewood just didn't shoot well. Kyla Elmore went 8 for 19. Um, and they just, and Seth Kruger went 0 for 7. He's not known for scoring, but when you should have seven, put up 7 shots and you don't get any in, that that's tough. Um, they also got out-rebounded mainly at the guard spots. You know, they're – their power forward and center did fine, but Neil Elmore and Brown didn't get any. So that's a really tough loss for Inglewood. And, you know, Inglewood's looking on the outside, looking in. They, I, I don't see any way they can make the uh, um, the PNTT tournament. You know, even if they win their last two, it's like, okay, Lansing's got, they're 3-1. and They're looking good. Um, so speaking of Lansing, um, Lansing beat, Inglewood by 14 in the second game, and Lansing's just been playing really, really well. Um, they did lose to Aberdeen by six, but other than that, you know, you beat Boise, a really tough team, by eight. You beat Inglewood by 14. You beat Plainview by eight, too. These guys aren't scoring a lot. Um, they're averaging 72.5 points a game, but they're giving up 66 points. Five points a game. So they're playing incredible defense. Uh, Aiden Jackson's very efficient. Benjamin Hornberger, he's been playing pretty efficient, 12.5 on 60.6% true shooting. Um, they kind of got a bunch of guys that can all play a little bit. They all can, they can all play defense. And they're going with a normal man more um, approach. Not the biggest team, um, but, yeah, uh, Kane Johannesson, he is – on pace for a six-man of the group for sure with 10 points and 67.9% uh, true shooting. So he's playing he's playing really well. Um, but, yeah, this team just looks solid. Nothing nothing incredible, 45.5% from the field, but they're holding teams to 39%. There's a five-percentage difference in their, uh, in their um, true shooting difference. Uh, they're all rebounding teams. Um, they don't get a lot of assists. They don't even get a lot of steals, but they just play sound defense, try and win on the boards and see what you can do from there. So big, uh, big ups to Lansing. They're playing really great. Let's look at the other teams. We'll look at Plainview. Plainview's one in three. Um, they brought in that 30-42 class replacing uh, the senior class of Curtis Johnson and Alexander Ward, and we knew they were going to be struggling for height here. And I think it's really hurt them. You know, they're they're getting out-rebounded by four points a game. Four rebounds a game. Um, they are getting a lot of offensive rebounds. They have fifth. Uh, sorry, they're they're getting out rebounding by uh, um, three point two. Their um, offensive rebounds are pretty pretty similar. Samuel uh, Jakowski is playing great. Um, he's shooting a lot of shots, seven point three three pointers, um, but he's making fifty four point three percent true shooting, twenty four point eight. Um, but overall, they're they're shooting percentages is just too low to win games like that. Uh, the last team in this group is Frankfurt. And Frankfurt's been a little bit of a surprise. You know, last year they're a PTT team. They lose um, Isaac Wilson. 
um, and Ricardo Crump, and they bring in uh, not that great of a class, you know, 116-105 class, and he puts in Arturo Joseph. Arturo Joseph has been playing, uh, he hasn't been shooting that efficiently, um, but Landry Coleman, the, the senior point guard, is shooting 65.3% true shooting on tw with 25 points per game. So you can't get, and then three assists, only 0.3 turnovers. You can't, you can't ask for much more than that. These guys have been fighters, you know. Um, they won a game against Tacoma um, yesterday. Uh, they did lose to Plainview and Yuma. Um, but they beat, they won that game versus uh, Inglewood. That's a big-time win for um, Ted Lasso and the Fighting Owls. So that's what you got going for you there. And I think Frankfurt's got a chance. I think it's going to come down to that Lansing-Frankfurt matchup. I wouldn't, I would think that Frankfurt has a really good chance to um, – Let's see. So Lansing, they play Manassas. That's a rivalry game. Manassas called him out on the on the boards and said, like, hey, I want I want Lansing. I want Lansing. And Frankfurt, you know, they have hot springs. That's a pretty tough team. You know, for hot springs, they're two and two. They're not they're not a pushover. So that game could go either way. But um I have a good feeling. I mean, they're one game back, but I have a good feeling that I think both teams get the win here, and that game is a de facto, uh, a de facto Ramsey Group championship. So I'm excited to see that happen. Next up, let's talk about the blue group. So in the blue group, it's been, I mean, let's talk about what everyone wants to talk about, right? We, we all want to talk about uh, Duluth and what's going on with Duluth. Duluth, um, you know, they... They bring in a bad class, a 238-249 class, and they're replacing two seniors in Jonathan Jones and Sage Blue in the starting lineup. And they've just been trying to figure it out. They've been doing different lineups. Uh, they've been going a little small, trying to see what they can do. And they're just not having they're not having a ton of luck. Isaiah Tippins is playing incredible. Uh, Matthew Sullivan's playing incredible. I mean, both those players have a good shot at first team all PNTT. But, you know, they, they can only do so much, you know. They're both shooting above 55% um, true shooting, 28 and 24 points a game. Those guys, they're scoring a lot. Uh, but you go up against New York, you lose. I mean, they're, they're, what, 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 what they're lacking is defense. You know, they gave up 113, 113, 112, 91. They can't stop a fly. They can't stop anybody. Um, it doesn't matter what they do. They lost Manassas by nine, lost to Ann Arbor. Big, 20 or 35 points. Oh, mama. That is huge. They Their only game they won in overtime versus Denver by four, and they lost to New York City by eight. So, so I think we're all wondering what's going on with Duluth, you know. Um and, you know, that's what happens when you get back-to-back -back 200 classes. Um, you can't compete with that. You, you, you can try your best, but, um, it, you know, it's, it's, it's just not going to happen. It's going to be really tough, um, yeah, to do anything, you know. So, yeah, uh, that's kind of what's going on there. Um, so, speaking of this group, we'll talk about, um, the other one and three team, um, you have, uh, 
you have Denver, who just won their first game against the Carnegie Peanuts. So that's a big win. They lost some close ones. They lost to Rockford. They lost to Duluth. And then they lost to Lincoln. Um, all pretty close. Uh, Denver, you know, they brought in that 44-73 class, replacing a 114-126 class. They didn't have any seniors starting last year. And then this year, you know, he's like, okay, uh, we're going to start pretty much the same lineup we did last year. Last year we were an NTT team. You know, maybe it's a 12 seed. I, I think we do pretty well again. And um, that's going okay. Uh, you look at um, Matthew or Joseph Mirez, he's getting 21 points a game. Matthew Tang, 18.3 points a game on 62.6% uh, true shooting. So they're, they're shooting pretty well. They're getting 84 points, but they can't stop anyone. They're giving up 89 points a game. And, uh, yeah, it's just hard. They're getting a lot of rebounds, assists, but their defense is to be lacking, you know, um, especially from three. They're giving up 52.4% from the three. They're giving up 56.3% true shooting. And that's just hard to win when you're doing that, you know. You can't just win every shootout you're in, especially. It's like these guys aren't amazing, um, aren't amazing teams. So uh, they did have a get-right game against, uh, against uh, Carnegie here. Um, so that's something to uh, look forward to. But, yeah. And then let's talk about the top two teams in this group. And I love these two teams. We got Rockford and we got um, New York City. So New York City, obviously, they start off with a big win. And then they lost to Rockford by three. And that game, where it was a three-point game, that that's going to be big, you know. Um, all their games have been close. They don't have a huge. But that game by three, um, they're playing New York City and uh, – or, yeah, New York City's playing Rockford, and they it was close. You know, Rodolfo Logan hit a big free throw with – or Adolfo Moreno hit a big free throw with a minute and a half left, and then um, uh, Zachary Stone uh, made it a two-point game. Kyle Kelly uh, split the free throws, and then Zachary Zone, uh, Stone had a three-pointer. They got the offensive rebound, and Rishi Gonzalez had a three-pointer. Um, you know, both those guys are decent – they're not horrible three-point shooters, you know. Those are the guys you want. Um, those are the guys you want taking those shots, and they just didn't make them, you know. So they had a chance to send it to overtime, but didn't. And I like a lot how this uh, New York City team is playing. They brought in the 415 class, replacing the 2024 class. And this team's had talent, but they weren't starting any seniors last year. Um, so... You move three bench players, and then you bring in three freshmen. Now, those freshmen, the only one starting is Mark Woodson. Um, and Mark, he's only playing 18 minutes a game right now. He's splitting time with Zachary Stone a little bit. Uh, but he's shooting 60.6% from the field. Um, Mario Leon, he, he's not doing the best. He's actually a negative in the plus-minus, but... Um, but he's a seven-footer, and you got to play him. And you got Damian Dunning backing him up. And, you know, this team's just a really efficient team. They're shooting, they're scoring 88.5 points per game on 55.1% true shooting. They're not playing the best defense, but you can tell they're a solid team. And you look at their schedule moving forward. They got Riverside. That's a rivalry game. So Riverside is not a great team. They haven't been playing great. They're in the bottom tier. They've won two and two in that. But and now they're playing New York City. I, I mean, you got to give a big edge to New York City, but in a rivalry game, anything can happen. And I think this game will give them a very, very large um, 
point differential, I would expect them to win by 20 plus, um, which would make Rockford a little scared. And then they get Denver, which is definitely a winnable game. Rockford, they lost in overtime to Aberdeen uh, by five. Now, Rockford still, even if they don't win their group, they still control their own destiny. It's not like they're going to, um, yeah, it's not like they're going to be out of it. But, uh, even if they win the rest of the games. But versus Aberdeen, you know, they, they're they down by five late, and they the last minute they had a shot, and then Rodolfo Logan hits a three-pointer as time expires to send it to overtime. Um, and Aberdeen just pulled away. Aberdeen's a really solid team. Uh, so Rockford, their schedule is Boise and Duluth, and that is a lot harder than New York City's schedule. So I look for New York City to potentially make their first, I think it's their first ever PNTT playoff appearance, and that would just be really big for them. Um, they have such a good team, and, you know, I I like what this coach is just building with this program. They're really tall. They got height at every position. Uh, their smallest guy is 6'1", Rishi Gonzalez, and Rishi's been playing all right this year, um, shooting 56.1% true shooting, getting to the line a ton. So you got to love that. So, uh yeah, interesting group in the blue, and it it's kind of crazy to think that Duluth is pretty much eliminated. I mean, I don't see any way that both Rockford and New York City both lose both games. And Duluth, and and other than that, Duluth is negative forty eight. They're just, you know, they're just not what they used to be. And uh, I know, I know, you hate to see it. You hate to see it, but um, that's just the way it is. <laughs> uh, Let's move on to the Heinz group. So in the Heinz group, you got a lot of fun things going on. <laughs> you got two, three, and one teams, and then you got two, two, and two teams. So Boise's leading by far, 22 points per game, 22, plus 22, three, and one. And then you got Yuma plus two, three, and one. Carbondale, two, and two, plus three. Hot Springs, two, and two, minus six. And this just, this just you know, there's, there's a lot of good teams. They all have a chat. Um, Boise, you know, they, you, you'd think they'd be one of the best teams, but you know, you lose to Lansing and you're three and one. Um, and then you got Rockford and then Yuma and Yuma has been kind of the surprise team. Let's talk about Yuma a little bit. Yuma does not have a great, um, class. They brought in a 99, 188 class, replacing a 168, 149 class. Um, last year they were a PTT team, not, not amazing, but you know, this year what's happening is you know, you got Tyrese uh, Ezor, Enzor um, getting 22 points, 62.5% shooting, 75.9% true shooting on 22 points per game. <laughs> I mean, how much better can you ask for? And then David Mattingly. David Mattingly's playing great, 20.8 points a game, 57.8% from the field, 60.4% true shooting. This team as a whole is shooting 50.3% true shooting. Um, and they're doing pretty good in defense for the most part. But this, I mean, you, you look at their games, they beat Carbondale, a really solid team by two. Well, I mean, in the first game, uh, you beat Carbondale, and, uh, yeah, they, they held them off at the end, basically. Gabriel Washington had a chance to tie it up, and then um, they had to foul and couldn't come get back into the game. The second game, they lose to Hot Springs, which Hot Springs is in this group, and they have a shot, uh, but um, 
Hot Springs pulled away at the end. So then you got the third game. Yuma's playing Frankfurt and just back and forth. Yuma's up pretty big, maybe 10, and then Frankfurt makes a big rush. And um, uh, Frankfurt hit a shot to cut it with him when uh, Enzor split his free throws and Arturo Johnson, uh, Joseph, uh, hit a three to put him up by one with 12 seconds left. And Humberto Moore hit a mid, hit a short two um, to win it with five seconds left, and Frankfurt wasn't able to get a shot off. So, and then the game versus Yakima, I mean, this was an intense game back and forth, and um, they're up by uh, Yuma's up by six with less than two minutes left, and they they're up by four with less than a minute left. Uh, but Isaiah East lost it out of the, ba- the ball out of bounds, and Jake. Parker tied it up. Uh, David Mattingly looked like he put the game away by hitting a three um, with 16 seconds left, but Ryan Vickers from Yakima tied it up with a three uh, as time expired in regulation. In overtime, um, Isaiah East, Trevor Enzor, and um, Humberto Moore uh, just kind of took over and they pulled away to a seven-point win. Um versus Yakima. So I've been really impressed by um, Yuma. Just they're winning close games. They're scoring a lot of points. Uh, next up, though, they have Reno and Boise. So Reno, they're one of those Elite Eight teams from Conference 27. And then Boise, we've talked about them and how impressed we are with them. Um, three and one, they have a solid team. So that game might, might decide it. But there's three other teams that are um, in this group. Uh, speaking of Boise, Boise's got some guys. Uh, so Boise's uh, really relying on Cody Nugent, who's got 22.5 points per game. Um, I like what Devin Wimborne's doing, 60.5% true shooting, 13.3 points a game. And for their last two games, they got Rockford and Yuma. So that Rockford game's big uh, for both Rockford and for Boise. So I'm interested to see how that goes. The Reno um, Yuma game that'll be big. So, but what that tells me is one of these two teams is going to finish at worst four and two. So, in order for Hot Springs or Carbondale to make it, they have to go four and two just to make it. They're, that's wor- That's worst case scenario. Best case scenario is one of them ends up five and one, and then, and then you're just hoping for. Uh, to have the point differential at four and two to make the PNTT playoffs with um, with only four wild card spots um, available. So uh, let's look at Carbondale. Carbondale actually has a better plus minus uh, record um, than uh, they have a their plus three point differential um, where Yuma's only plus two. They lost to Boise by five, lost to Yuma by two. Um, but they came back. They beat Fremont by nine. That was a big win for them. And then they beat Plainview. Carbondale is one of those teams that you're expecting a lot from. You know, they replaced the 34-31 class, senior Kerry Cruz and William Hines uh, with a 21-25 class. And you got Richard Morgan and Scott Richter um, stepping in. And those guys, uh, Scott Richter's been playing great. He's got 70.2% true shooting, 21.5 points a game. He looks like the real deal as a freshman. So that's a guy that you're going to have to rely on. But for their next games, he's got Inglewood. Inglewood's desperate for a win here. 
Um, they have not been playing the greatest, and that's a big game. So I'm interested to see what happens for there. And then they got Hot Springs. So speaking of Hot Springs, Hot Springs has Frankfurt, and then they have Carbondale, so two Conference 18 teams. Uh, Frankfurt's beatable, um, but Hot Springs hasn't played the best either. You, you, they really rely on Tyler Smith, their senior center, uh, scoring 23.3 points a game on 66.2% true shooting. He's been playing incredible, one of the best players in the PNTT. But, you know, is that enough? Um, I would expect, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure, but I would expect Frankfurt would stick in zone, and can they slow down Tyler Smith? That's a big question. They might be able to. Uh, I think that one of these teams will win both of their games, Carbondale or Hot Springs, and really it comes down to that Carbondale Hot Springs one, and then you're hoping that um, Yuma or Boise finish 4-2 and two and um, create some drama here. In the Orsos group, um, you got Charlotte holding it down. They're playing good, but St. Paul's right there looking to pounce. They just need uh, Charlotte to make a little mistake. And really what's nice about St. Paul at 2-2 two and two is they're plus 46. So they're kind of in position. You win the next two, there's a really good chance you end up with a uh, at-large bid, um, at, with a wild-card bid, whatever you call it. Uh, so let's let's look at these. Clemson not doing great. Um, they I know they were hoping for a little bit better, and it just hasn't come around from their own four. Um, let's look at Clemson real quick here. They, um, they're really relying on Zachary Suttles, their senior, getting 61.3% uh, true shooting, 18.8 points a game. Um, but they're just, they're not really staying competitive in any of their games. They were close versus Charlotte. They kept it within three um, in that game. But after that, things seems to be unraveling. They do finish the game with Denver and Fremont, two games that, you know, Fremont's talented. You know they, they are, and Denver is too, but um, they're not they're not world beaters, so it's not like it's not like they're dominant teams, especially not right now in this point in the season. So Clemson and Mbatch, you got a shot. Mbatch, you've been doing a great job at some of the um, yeah, some of the uh, write ups that you've been doing after games. Uh, so like that, keep up the good work. Now let's talk about the other three teams. The other three teams, um, they're all within striking distance. Fremont's a little further back. They're two and two. They brought in that great freshman class of big man, big men. Um, but you know, they're, they're relying a lot on Joseph Amburn and he hasn't, he hasn't been playing up to what you're expecting from Joseph Amburn this year. They lost big to Flagstaff by 22. That one hurt, especially after starting off 2-0 versus two really tough teams in Charlotte and St. Paul. Um, you beat those. But it's tough. This team has a really tough schedule. It does get easier for them. They got Ames, a rivalry game. I expect, I expect a big win there, and then they got Clemson. So I expect them to go 2-0. But even though they're going 2-0 here, um, they're going to need a pretty big margin of victory because they're already at negative 17. So they got a lot to make up. But, you know, you, you win a couple games by 20, maybe get one by 30, and you have a chance of getting one of those at-large bids. Um, also, if Charlotte loses, all bets are off. You know, St. Paul beat Charlotte. You know, they'll probably – if St. Paul beat Charlotte, they'll probably get the – 
group title, but you never know. Fremont's got a shot. They want to stay alive, and they got the games to do it. This is uh, Ames is not a game that um, they should lose, even though. But it's a rivalry game. You never know. Uh, Ames is going to get up for that game, so we'll give it to them there. Um, let's look at St. Paul. St. Paul is such a weird team. You know, they lose that first game. They come back. They whoop Clemson. They kill Manassas. That was a rivalry game, and they won by 36. That really helped their point differential. They got another rivalry game against Duluth, and they finish off with Charlotte. Duluth hasn't looked great, so I can't I can't say that I expect St. Louis Paul to lose that one. When's the last time they've actually lost to Duluth? It's been a few years, I feel like. Um, and then you got Charlotte, um, and that game could be for the um, group title. So I like that game. Um, and speaking of Charlotte, let's let's look at them. I really like this team a lot. Um, they really rely on their three guards and Colton Ross and Riley Richards and uh, Daniel Garden. Uh, Riley Richards has been playing great for a freshman, fifty-eight point eight percent true shooting. Um, Zachary Matthews off the bench, 17 minutes, 70.1% true shooting, 10 points a game. So that's big for them. Uh, Charlotte, their next game is Laredo. Laredo's 0-4. I expect to win there. They won a crazy game. So they, they beat us. They beat um, Clemson by only three. And then they play Reno. And Reno was nuts. Uh, so Reno's up by about 12 going into the fourth quarter. And uh, Charlotte just kind of starts crawling back. It doesn't look good. They're down by five with less than a minute left. Uh, Walter Gonzalez hits a three, and Chandler uh, Jackson threw the ball out of bounds. Colin Ross hits a two. Chandler Jackson splits the free, his free throws. Daniel Gardner hits a two, and uh, Reno doesn't even get a shot off with 18 seconds, and that's pretty tough. So they, in overtime, um, Chandler Jackson's trying to make up for it. He makes a big layup to put him up by three with 45 seconds left. And Daniel Garden hits an and one. Stephen Owen gets a shot, but he misses it. And we're going to double overtime. In double overtime, uh, Charlotte tries to take a commanding lead. They're up by four. Um, and then they're up by five with a minute 20. And Chandler Jackson fouls out. And it's just... It's not looking great when you got a star player like that fall out and uh, uh, Reno just couldn't keep up after that. So interesting for sure uh, in that game. So Charlotte's just, they've played every game close. They're not blowing anyone out. They're just trying to win. And, you know, if they slip up here against Laredo, which I don't expect, or St. Paul, they might be on the outside looking in just because they're not getting a huge point differential. So, you know, Charlotte really wants to make the PNTT playoffs, and uh, we'll see if they can. So, should be interesting. I think it's going to come down to that St. Paul, um, that St. Paul Charlotte game. But watch out for Fremont; they're lurking, and I expect them to really raise their point differential these last two games. But I don't think it'll be enough to overtake um, St. Paul. Now, they could overtake Charlotte, but I don't expect Charlotte to lose both St. Paul and Laredo. So if, uh, uh, so if that happens, um, yeah, yeah. If they lose to St. Paul, St. Paul's going to be tough to overtake. If, uh, Charlotte wins, there's no way because they only have one loss. So I'm going to split this into two parts. So I'm going to stop here with this part and I will post this, um, to the main, 
uh, feed for you guys to enjoy. And then I will complete it with the last couple groups uh, talking through them. So thanks guys for listening and we'll be back soon.